Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. Common problem for WWE superstars. Like, they never know how to react to the lights going off. Like, Undertaker made a career out of that. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Why did no one who feuded with The Undertaker over all these years just bring a flashlight down to the room? <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Can you imagine that? Like, <laughs> shielding his eyes, like, hissing as he runs away or something? <laughs> like, some goth kid. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Spark Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan, alongside my tag team partner, Mr. Michael Newman, the rogue of wrestling. How are you doing this week, Newman? Ooh, man. We are approaching Dominion. This is a big show, Joe. This Literally and show. figuratively. Very much so. And I think we'll, we'll get into some predictions here at the end of the show, but to... To start off the show, mm. I want to give you a little bit of news. Did you hear who the winner of the Best of the Super Juniors was? Oh, uh, I'm blanking on it. That was Takahami? Oh, so close. Hiromu Takahashi. Hashi, yeah. Sorry. Yep. Hiromu Takahashi takes it for Los Ingobernables. I get credit for the American pronunciation, right? <laughs> it was close enough for... For a Takahami white man. or something like that. Yeah, that that there Takahami man. Like <laughs> he done there won them wrestling matches. <laughs> but no, it was fucking insane too, because like basically alright, so he fought Ishimori in the finals, mm-hmm. which to me was the second most intense confrontation there at the end, because right before that, the guy that he faced to secure his position within the finals was Kushida. And man, Ooh. that was like very much an intense Proving himself match, getting that win over Kushida. So that was intense, and I, I just, I can't wait to see that along with all the other matches at uh, Dominion. This is going to be a, a crazy card, Joe. I, it's going to be a long card, definitely, mm-hmm. because we also have the Kenny Omega match. That I think one of our predictions is going to be how long does it go. Yeah, actually, that's that's a very good point, because I bet that could go long as shit. And actually, you know what? A slightly other small point I wanted to see what your thought was debate-wise on that match. Since it's a two out of three falls match, Yeah, what do you think would be the best way psychologically to book that match as far as, like, who gets the first fall and who gets the second fall? Because I, I feel like this has to go to three falls. There's no way it's not. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, well, it's Okada has won all their matches, right? At this point... Okada won one, they draw once, and then Omega won once. So they're one, one, and one. Right. Um, thinking here, uh, I would say that you would have Okada take the first fall, mm-hmm. um, and then have maybe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Have Kenny Omega take the first fall. Or, yeah, get the first fall. Mm-hmm. Have um, Kenny almost, like, have it look like he's going to take the second one. Mm-hmm. But then Okada makes some kind of a comeback to take to take it and tie it up. 
Mm-hmm. And then I think the third fall is going to be that long, drawn-out battle of just, I would say, just dozens upon dozens of, like, near falls and coming so close and just, oh, my God, moments. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's how they're going to book it. Do you, do you see something else? or I, I definitely, I could see that because it, this is such an intense rivalry and feud that I feel like there's a lot of smart ways they could book it. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to think, too, like, as far as, I think it'd be potentially smart to have, um, like, if Okada takes the first fall, then the whole match could be sort of like a mirror of their feud, too, right? Of, like, Okada winning at first, and then Omega wins the second fall, and then it comes down to, like, all right, well, now at the very end, who's going to stand tall superior? But mm, you can also de- a- very much definitely do, like, I, I guess it's, like, it's, it's also very much dependent on, like, what kind of story they want to tell, right? Because, like, if Omega gets the first fall... And then almost gets a second one, Okada gets it, and then he's still trying to fight for that third. Then it would feel like Omega, like already almost going into this match, is capable of beating Okada, and then it's just sealing the deal. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if he loses the first match or first fall and then is like trying to catch up the whole time, maybe that would give more of the feel of that, like, Okada already is the better one, and then Omega's finally getting up to his level or catching up or beating him. That's true. Um, I definitely think they probably want to tell the story that they're at least on equal levels, right? Because mm-hmm. they've been their two best performers for the past three years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've been super consistent. Because then, also, you know, now I'm thinking about it a little bit more. You could do like your booking idea, and you could also tell the story of like maybe maybe Okada's coming into the match a little bit too confident. And then that's yes. like Omega catches him, and then you it's can like, oh, easily shit. tell like, that story with Okada too. And then because yeah, he's been the champion for so long, and then he's the one who challenged Omega rather than getting challenged. So yeah, he could totally just be high on himself, think that he's got this in the bag, and then Omega fucking you know takes that pit on him, and then it's like, all right, no more fucking around. Beats Omega down gets that second fall and maybe is really confidently going into that third fall. So that it's like, Oh my gosh, is Omega even going to be able to survive? Have you been, have you been watching this build? Like are, are they telling any kind of a story going into this? The story that I feel like from me, me reading the tea leaves and not having been super invested in new Japan for a long time. Mm. I feel very strongly that Kenny is winning this match. I I I was going to say I do too. And I feel like the way that they're kind of booking this is in conjunction, it's very much like the culmination of not only Okada's story of like, he's fought so many different other guys. This is the guy that he's had a lot of history with in that title reign and seems to be like the good guy to end his title reign. But then at the same time, this is very, because it's also like he's he's got a little bit too confident. Like we were talking about that as a potential thing they could do in the storyline of the match. And I think that they might, they probably will do something like that. Because that definitely seems to be part of Okada's story, is that he's yes. at the top, he's been at the top, and he's very confident, maybe too confident. And then Kenny is now at this point finally kind of like coming back into like quote unquote who he is, because like he was a man who came to Japan, you know, was with Kodo Bushi and the Golden Lovers, but then kind of lost his way, was in the Bullet Club, but ah, then like found an inner, like found a certain element of himself that he needed, because within Ibushi's storyline. He was always the lesser of the two between them. Mm-hmm. But then now he was, he's he was like, the Marty Jannetty. Yeah, he kind of was in a way. Uh, you know, he was always the less successful, less powerful. Like whenever they fought, he always lost. 
and then now that he's kind of like gone a different route and discovered a new strength then now he can finally like he has the final fusion of like the who he is and then who he's become to become like the best version of himself like the kenny omega of old plus bullet club kenny omega to make the world champion kenny omega that makes sense that's what i feel like this is all building towards And I, I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Okada, too, I mean, he's been champion for so long, you, you got to give him a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to give the crowd a break. You've got to give him a break. So, And Kenny's Definitely. earned this. So, Yeah, I mean, the, the crowd is fucking in love with him. Like, he, he'll be an excellent choice to give the, the belt to, especially because, like, yeah, so outside of if he you know, obviously will probably have some more continuation matches with Okada, but then you've got so many other guys there that he could have great matches with. Yeah, you've got mm-hmm. uh, Naito right there. You've got Jericho you could have a rematch with. You could do stuff with Minoru Suzuki, with Zack Sabre Jr. You could, like, there's so many fucking people. Mm-hmm. With Cody. To keep him occupied. Yeah, you've got a lot of great options, I feel like. Like, and so, I would say take that time to do those options that you couldn't do otherwise. Like, so mm-hmm. Chris Jericho. Like, take advantage of the time you have with him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Get that rematch with Jericho if you can. Mm-hmm. And then now you can open up a lot, too, because uh, you, know, you could fight just a lot of people that you wouldn't have always necessarily been able to fight with Okada. Because like, he didn't really fight very many people within his own stable. So you could fight a lot more of the Chaos guys. Yeah. There's a lot you could do. And as far as also with like with Kenny Omega, you know, performing a little bit more in other places like that too, I wonder if they would be more willing to kind of like branch out and have him also fight people from other promotions a little bit more as well. That seems to be the theme of uh the wrestling industry nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh you've got Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Possibly doing title versus title at All In. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got... Did you see the whole thing with Jericho's cruise with uh, TNA and Sammy Callahan? Oh, no, I hadn't seen the, the newest news about that. Yes, so have you been keeping up with uh, Sammy Callahan and what he's doing down in Impact? I heard he... Hit, didn't he hit someone with a bat? Yeah, Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards, um, that's right. So basically, just took off with like this angle that... like. Sammy is really crazy and it's not a work and stuff like that. And it's really just like gone to like above and beyond. <laughs> and so some TMZ people happened to be outside the impact wrestling uh, show and saw Sammy and talked about like what he's doing now or something like that. And he brings up the Jericho cruise and how like mm-hmm. Chris hasn't invited him and it's a bunch of bullshit. He's just scared of him or something like that. <laughs> And then at the pre- like a press conference for Impact has like a pay per view coming up, so it's their bookers and management team are up there, and the one of the guys in the press was like, "Oh well, what do you guys think of the Jericho cruise?" And Jericho's one friend Don Callis, who's booking Impact now, like starts talking about it, and like the <laughs> owner of TNA goes, "Yeah, we're gonna go to that." So like now they're playing up this storyline of like Impact Wrestling could be invading this cruise of Jericho's. That mainly has ROH guys, so... Huh. That'd be interesting, I guess. Yeah. I mean, fuck it, right? I mean... 
and you got, I mean, you already have the precedent of like Austin Aries, who's with Impact or was, I think, or, I, I forget, but he like mm-hmm. showed up on in Ring of Honor to go after the TV title. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, he did cross over to that. So, yeah, yeah. there is some precedent. You're right. Hmm. Although, speaking of precedent, so now we've, we, we've already kind of discussed a little bit of the ins and out with Omega and Okada. I feel like yeah. we should just get into some predictions for Dominion now. Yeah. All right. All right. I've got the full card up. Well, so do I, so bring it. Ooh, you've got it up, too? You sneaky yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, well, let me let me write down what our predictions are going to be so that we can get mm-hmm. an honest title match out of this. So you can uh, beat me again? Of course. As always, I am the champion forever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> How many title reigns do each of us have? I don't even fucking know at this point. I can't remember. <laughs> we would have to go back and look. <laughs> We're like we're like WCW in 2000. We're just throwing the title back and forth. Yeah, we just finger poke of doom each other every once in a while <laughs> and trade the title back and forth. That was a great reference. <laughs> That's how all of our title changes happen. And like, you know, it's since, since we don't live near each other, it has to be Facebook pokes of doom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That was good. Okay. Let's start let's start this card from the bottom. Okay. Or at least what I assume will be the bottom. Uh we got Rey Mysterio, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Marty Skrull, Hangman Page, and Cody. Mm-hmm. Where are you going on this one? The Luchadors uh, versus Bullet Club. I'm going with the Luchadors in this one just because you have the legendary team up of Mysterio and Liger. Yeah, that is a that's a fucking crazy team up. Yeah. Um, and I mean, not discounting Hiroshi at all. Like, he's a great, but like. No, but he's, Ray not, Mysteri- a, he's not a luchador. Yeah, and he's not a legend like Mysterio and Thunder yet, so. Hmm. You know what? I almost. I, I would care to disagree on that one. I think Hiroshi Tanahashi is quite the legend at this point. Oh, oh disagree on that. I thought you meant the disagree on the match prediction. Yeah, oh, I no, mean, no. As, actually, as far as predictions, I also agree. I think that that, that combo is uh, like a dream team. I don't see them losing. I feel like a Hangman Page is here to take the fall mm-hmm. in that group. Now, do you see a spinoff? Because we were supposed to get the Rey Mysterio and Jushin Thunder Liger match mm-hmm. um, the last two pay-per-views ago or something. Yeah, it was a little while ago. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but it was yeah. around. Wasn't it around the time of the Royal Rumble? Because that's when Mysterio couldn't make it because of his. Mm-hmm. Or was it was it WrestleMania? It was. I I feel like they were definitely teasing it closer to Wrestle Kingdom. I think it was like right after Wrestle Kingdom was when they were trying to get yes. this going. And he had Mysterio had uh, knee issues. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As like as always, right? Yeah. Oh my fucking knee. Well, I mean, shit, he's been tearing him up for, like, decades. Poor man. You never realize how old he is until you hear him talk. He was on uh, Jim Ross's podcast this mm. week. That's a good point, yeah. And you, just, you can hear his age. Mm. <laughs> like, he talks and you're like, that guy's grizzled. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that guy's old. <laughs> but he's still got to win this match. Yeah. 
against uh, Cody. Old, old WrestleMania opponents, Mysterio and Cody. Yeah, he talked... He... Was it Cody or was it Ray on an interview recently? I heard them talking about that match. And how... I think it was Cody. And, like, basically Ray, at that point, got to pick his WrestleMania opponent. And so he was like, I want Cody Rhodes. And, like, apparently manager was like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> you don't want, like, this guy? And, like, and he's like, no, I, I want Cody. Like, <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Man, that's ridiculous. Because that was a great match. And that was a good program, actually. Yeah. I thought that was good stuff. But, yeah, Rey Mysterio is going to take the win here as opposed to Cody taking it then. Now, do you see... So, we were supposed to get the Jushin Thunder Liger and Rey Mysterio match before. Do you think we get that as a spinoff of this? Um, hmm. It's hard to tell. I feel like it could definitely still happen. Like, just, just as, like, like, a general attraction match. Because, like, like, I could feel I could feel the WWE polluting my brain. Because at first I thought, I was like, oh, well, the only way that would happen is if they lose the match and then they blame each other for the loss. Yeah, and I was but like, like, wait, in New this Japan, isn't WWE. Like, in New Japan, like, they just win this match, and then they just face off as, like, legend versus legend. At yeah, the next exactly. They just, they just win, and then they're like, hey, do you still want to have that match? That's... Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. See you then, buddy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think they're going to win. And then, which yeah, is... I think we're going to have that match. I think, I think we'll have it. Which is similar to... The real fights that we see in the UFC, just, you guys may be friends, but you still have to fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Although I feel like this is like a really good occasion, though, right? Of like a pure babyface versus babyface match. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't need to t- turn either one of these guys heel. Either Mysterio no. or Liger. Like they're just... It's just legend versus legend. Like Right. Let's see. We got, after that, we've got Toriyano and Tomohiro Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki. That's going to be a great match. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. I feel like I'm going with the heels on this one. I think Suzuki-Gun's got it. I I agree, because Sabre, you, you've got to build him up for his match against, um, I'm blanking on his name, the guy that just won the Super Juniors. Uh, Takahashi? Yeah, doesn't he have a match with him? Um, I don't think so. I can't remember. Maybe there is, but I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'd like to see that. I don't, I'm trying to remember. I don't think they count Zaber as a, as a junior. Because he, he fought Okada for the heavyweight title before. Uh, okay. But in general, like, he did win the New Japan Cup, and I th- he hasn't really done anything since then. So I think it'd be good to give him like another win. That and with Minoru Suzuki just dropping the Intercontinental title, I think it'd be important for to get both these guys another win. So that's why I'm going to go Suzuki Goon. I think they could use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. After that, we've got David Finley and Juice Robinson teaming up to take on Yoshihashi and Jay White. Uh, I'm going with Finley and Robinson on this one. Mm, going for the... the uh, I assume they're both kind of trying to challenge for the U.S. title at this point. Or wanting to try and get Jay White's attention. Because Finley challenged and failed. But Juice mm. hasn't gotten his match yet. So maybe this is 
setup for that. So I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with the faces because I think Robinson might get uh, the pin maybe on Jay White or something to set up a U.S. title match. But yeah, that's that's also kind of like a hard one because neither of these guys really, with like the Super Juniors going on, these guys didn't really have a big story going on. Yeah. I kind of feel like they've been on like the back burner. Yeah. So let's let's start up a new story. Maybe Juice Robinson can go after the U.S. title. All right, then we got the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Title match with El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defending against Sho and Yo, Rapongi 3K. What do you think about this one? I think Rapongi 3K. Oh. <laughs> what does my phone think? Uh, oh, that's not helpful. <laughs> hmm, that's that's fucking tough because I could totally see Rapongi 3K getting it back, but then at the same time, like they've been kind of building up. Like one of the other light, like junior heavyweight tag teams they've been working on is like Hiromo and Bushi, so maybe they would try and build them back up. But I don't know. Show and Yo, I thought really did great in the fucking tournament, and unless they're gonna go after like. The six-man openweight titles, because I thought they might be building towards that. Was it like Rapongi 3K would go after those? Yeah. Um, but that's not on this card at all. I don't know. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns here, and I'm gonna pick something a little different from you. So you're going Rapongi 3K. Yeah. I'm going to stick with uh, Suzuki Gun. You keep thinking that. <laughs> hey man, I love me some Suzuki Gun. But I don't, this is also tough, too, because, like, out of some guys that I was very impressed with in the Super Juniors, I was very impressed with, like, El Desperado and Yo, and they're on opposite sides of this match, so it's it's a hard, hard pick for me. Uh, all right, next we've got a three-way for the Never Openweight title. We've got Hiroki Goto defending against Michael Elgin and Taichi. What do you feel on this one? Um... Hmm. I'm gonna say Elgin. Yeah. Yeah. Cause why not? <laughs> yeah. That, I mean. Hmm. I'd be down to definitely see Michael Elgin as like a title holder here with the never open weight title. Maybe has he little... has he held a uh, title yet in Japan? I know he's had the Intercontinental title. Okay. I don't I don't know for sure if he's had anything else. So it's not without precedent. Although at the same time, this is one of those sneaky sort of matches I feel like I could see cuz like Satai Chi, he recently moved up in weight class, like not just as recently as the Young Bucks, but it was recent. Mm-hmm. So maybe he could be the kind of guy who would do it and maybe he would like take advantage of Elgin and Goto fighting each other. Hmm. This is a tough one. This is a tough one because, like, it's so hard because, like, with WWE, they overbook so many things. And then with New Japan, they're so minimalist with so many things that it's like, with this, it's just hard to tell because they don't they don't show their hand nearly as much, I don't think. Mm, because, like, with okay. WWE, it's like either they, they've shown you their hand and you know what they're going to do, or they've shown you their hand and then they're like, oh, wait, shit, we have to swerve you. And then they just do something completely different, even if it doesn't make sense. 
True. <clears throat> hmm. This is tough. Do I think anybody else is losing their titles? Yeah, I mean, I think there is going to be that big one. So I'm going to say for belt balance. Ah, fuck. This is so fucking hard. Um, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to. I think. I think Goto's going to retain. So you're you're picking Elgin and I'm picking Goto. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we've got the IWGP Tag Team Championships. This is Evil and Sonata of Los Ingobernables defending against the Young Bucks. In their first, I think this is their first uh, attempt at the uh, regular tag Heavy. weight. Yeah, the heavyweight yeah. tag titles. I'm going to go with the Young Bucks on this one. I think they have the momentum on their side. Now, uh, let me tell you one fact. I don't know if this is going to influence your decision or not. But mm-hmm. currently, the Young Bucks, along with Marty Skrull, are in New Japan the open weight six-man tag, tag, tag title champions. Oh, so you don't know if they'll do double championships. Yeah, that's, that's kind of why I'm leaning towards Evil and Sonata. I think they're going to get close but not overtake them. So I'm, I'm taking Evil and Sonata. What do you think? I'm staying with the Young Bucks. Ooh. You, uh, you feeling ballsy. Think the young bucks uh, are going to become double titles? I go all out on uh, <laughs> New Japan t- predictions. You go balls in, yeah. All right, so we got that. Next, we've got down to our last three matches. We've got Will Osprey defending the Junior Heavyweight tamp- uh, Championship against the winner of the Best of the Super Juniors, Hiromu Takahashi. What's your feeling on this one? You know what? I just realized what I was... I was probably mixing up Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay. Oh, yeah. Confusing your Brits? Yeah. <laughs> Those cheeky numpties. That's what I, I... I've been Googling this whole time. I'm like, I know Zack Sabre has this like match coming up. Put it... Nope, it's fucking Will Ospreay. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, Will Ospreay, the reigning junior heavyweight title holder. Uh, I think this is easy. I think Takahashi takes this one. Yeah, yeah. I think coming off of the Super Juniors win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh man, this is so hard because I, I feel like it's... I love it so far. I love these predictions of like you can tell you watch so much more than I do. <laughs> I'm just like. Fuck it, this guy. Why not? <laughs> Fuck it, that guy. Like, oh, no. Ooh, oh. It's so weird because, like, I feel like for the same reason that he could win is the same reason that he could not win. Because, like, ah. right, he won the Super Juniors, so I feel like, man, he could ride that momentum to win. But then at the same time, it's like he's he's fucking over already, and he just won the best of Super Juniors. He, I don't necessarily think he needs to win this title, but like, it would be great to see him win it. I don't know. This is so hard because, like, no, I feel like I feel like they still need to do. Shit, what was the last match they had with Osprey and Kushida? Did they have the? Was that for the title? Did Kushida challenge him for the title? That's all right. That's what I gotta look up really quick. Because okay. if Osprey, if if Kushida challenged him last for the title, then I could see Osprey dropping it. But if Osprey 
still needs to beat Kushida, then I feel like he needs to hold on to it. Um, shit, what was their last show? Uh, My brain is racking through trying to remember, like, what the fuck was that last match they just had? I'm not sure either, so... Especially because my brain's getting it lost in all, like, the best of the Super Juniors matches that all those guys were both just in. <laughs> Shit, okay. Uh, yeah, Junior Heavyweight Tag Team. Or, not have Tag Team, Jesus. I don't even know what the hell's going on. Oh, well, this isn't what I want. Why aren't you telling me what I want? Um, you know what? Fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. Uh, I think it's going to be Osprey. I don't want to say that, but I think it's going to be Osprey. Well, I think you're wrong, so. <laughs> I hope I hope that you're right. I would really like to see talk, uh, uh, Hiromu get it. I think that'd be really so cool. I'm just gonna remember this when I'm holding the title again. So, oh, all right, let's see. All right, we got uh, Naito versus Jericho. Naito, also, yeah, definitely Naito. <laughs> no, I, no, I agree. But one thing I really thought was very cool that was uh, in the build. One of the last promos that Jericho cut talking about this was Jericho mentioning that if he won this, he would consider himself the ten-time Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> so for them, him, he counts them together. Yeah. So I thought that was very cool. Very interesting. I just like his... He, like... He's that, like, stand-up comic that, like, started out doing, like, family parties. So, like, couldn't curse as much. And then he got his, like, HBO special. Mm -hmm. And so he was just like, fuck shit, fuck, 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 fuck. Like... <laughs> so, like, now that he can curse at, New like, New Japan, he was just like, Fuck face and <laughs> yeah, he's really going off the wall as far as the just cursing. <laughs> I think if I think New Japan has to take like a hard look at that if they want like global expansion, like <laughs> you can't have guys cursing as much. <laughs> I think you can if you just direct the product towards adults, understand your That's audience. True. This like I I well, think it's so stupid that WWE is obsessed with appealing to kids. I'm not saying appealing to kids. It's just like. If you want to get on American TV, but uh, oh, that's yeah. if you want to get on American TV, right? Like, yeah, that's if true. you want to stick with your New Japan world and expand that way, go ahead. That mm -hmm. like curse all you want, but like it, it just depends on your strategy. So true. And with like how many more uh, like streaming services and other things like that are making it online now, you know, even as far as like traditional TV goes, like maybe that wouldn't be their goal. Like maybe if they wanted to keep expanding in America and if for some reason it wasn't on their own streaming service, maybe they would want to get onto like another internet based service in America. Like a, a Netflix or something along that. Exactly. Line. Like, yeah. Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, YouTube. I don't know. Something. Yeah. Cause like, for example, do, do you have cable at your place? Nope. Haven't had cable in years. Fuck yeah. that shit. Yeah. Aaron and I are going to go with just internet at our new place. So, mm-hmm. Yep, cut them cords, baby. And cut the pass behind, because Omega is saying bye-bye to the chase, and he's going to become the champion. That's my prediction for this main event. We got Kazuchika Okada defending the title against Kenny Omega. 
two out of three falls match. No time limit. All right, but since we agree on the outcome, do you want to mm. make it interesting? Oh, man, even more interesting than it is? With two additional predictions. Mm. Just for this match. Okay. Do you want to predict who takes what fall and how long the match goes? Who? Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll take those bets. Okay. Uh, all right. So as far as falls, do you want to? Because I would I would say I think that it's going to be Okada Omega Omega. Okay, I'm saying Omega Okada Omega. Okay. So and then all right. So we're just taking. So I think Okada's getting the first fall. You think Omega's taking the first fall? Yeah. Excellent. Okay. And then time. So what do we want to do? Is it like whoever gets the closest to the actual time? Clo- do we want to do prices right rules? Closest without going over? <laughs> closest without going over? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'm I mean, gonna... I'll throw out the first guess if you want. I'm just, I'm debating between two numbers in my head. Okay. Between like, it's like where between 65 and 70. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like seven seventy minutes. Okay. Wow. Uh, I thought I was gonna have to go higher. I'll I'll say seventy five. Ooh. Okay. I think I think Omega has this badge of Omega is similar to like um Punk on the indie scene, where mm-hmm. Punk Punk always wanted the the longest match, and I think. Uh, Omega saw Seth Rollins go like that hour on Raw, and I think he said, "I want to beat that." Oh, that could be. That very well could be. Yeah, yeah, because like Which there's both... there's no way they're not at least going an hour, right? I think hour is the minimum, right? Yeah, because that's that was like the point of the no time limit stipulation. Yeah, it's because of the draw they had the one time was it was an hour long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're at least going an hour. That's crazy. Like, already knowing in advance, like, this match is going to be more than a fucking hour. Like, isn't... Like, hey, I, would you... I would rather know that ahead of time, though, right? Oh, no. Like, I I think it's... I just think it's amazing, like, a marvel. Like, it, I just think it's a fucking miracle that people are willing to watch that. Like, I'm willing to watch it because I fucking love wrestling and stuff like that, but, like, yeah. thousands of other people are, too. Like, it's just crazy. Like... You think about a fucking movie. A lot of movies are like an hour and a half. And this is like two-thirds of a movie that's just going to be a fight scene. I, well, I, feel, I love this, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Trend of everything going long, right? Like, mm-hmm. WWE is going long. New Japan goes long. Movies are going long now. Like, all the latest Marvel movies are at least two hours at the at the minimum. Yeah. Yeah, they're all quite long. I guess it's like everybody's just almost like starving for content or something. Mm-hmm. Is that? I think that's part of it, right? Like with everything being longer. Every everyone wants the longest. Everyone wants to hold everyone's attention for longer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Everybody's just trying to get them bucks, those sweet advertising dollars. Those young bucks. Oh wait, what? <laughs> but you know what? I, there is somebody who's trying to get something a little bit different than all those other things, Joe. And who is that? 
And that's Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's trying to get a little respect around on Raw as the new constable. R-E-S-P-E-C-T? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to he, the man who wields <laughs> the power. Uh, I think this could be a potentially very interesting character reboot for him. I, I think it could too. It, it just gives him something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives him something to do. It gives him a character. Yeah, because what's gives... he been... Go ahead. He, in NXT, he was the, the indie killer guy, right? Yeah, go back to Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah. And then he came up to the main roster, and he was kind of just like, there. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of been there ever since. He won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal the one time, mm-hmm. and nothing really happened to him. So, like, at this point, it's like a fuck it, why not situation. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a fuck it, why not, but at the same time... I'll tell you, I think, why specifically it's good for him. Like, out of everybody on the roster, I think this he might have been the best choice for this role. And this is good for him. Because he is such, like, a weird little, like, impudent shit. Like, he just doesn't care about anybody else. He's got that kind of, like, Cartman-esque sort of, like, respect my authority kind of feel to him. <laughs> like, that's what I feel like he's going to be with this constable. He's just going around constantly just being this little fucking annoying piece of shit who, like, you know, you know his own accord would never have any real power, but, like, somebody as irresponsible as Stephanie McMahon would, sure, like, let trust this idiot with some power. And he's going around abusing it at every fucking turn because he's just a little shit. <laughs> and just, respect my authority, I'm the constable of rock, goddammit. <laughs> I'm Barakaba. Like... I think this is going to potentially get him some good, legit heel heat. I think it's possible, yeah. Yeah. I Do you have faith that he can do that? I think so, because I think it fits well into his like who he naturally is. Because he's not very good at being somebody who he's not. And he just seems to be kind of like a fucking annoying little piece of shit. So then it's like, alright, like just keep doing what you're doing. Which wasn't great before, but now that they've like written a fucking perfect character for you out of nowhere, now just keep doing what you're doing, but now have it like lead towards something and make sense. Because now he can just be a piece of shit, and he doesn't need to win matches. He doesn't need to win titles. Like he doesn't need to do any of that. Yeah. So you don't need to book him that way. You can book him the the way that they've actually booked him the best. Weirdly enough is when he's just this overconfident piece of shit that then, like, gets his comeuppance. And now he's going to have the power to be even a bigger piece of shit. And so... And this is the best thing, because he's a piece of shit who can't lose his power. Like, by losing a match. Like, it's it's given to him by Stephanie. Because, like, if somebody's just a piece of shit and their whole source of it is that, oh, well, they're the piece of shit title holder. Well, once they lose their title, that's it. Mm-hmm. But right now, like, as Constable, he can lose every match as Constable and he's still the Constable. Not that, like, he should just go on a losing streak necessarily, but... No. I'm just excited. This, this is good. This is good for him. Because he can get... Yeah, because, like, what was, what was he really even trying to do before as far as getting heel heat? Like, he would come out and just... Every once in a while, I guess, insult people, but I mean, he was, nothing he was such lately, a bad talker right? that never fucking mattered. But like, now that he has like this weird power, now he can like take shit away from people. He can mm-hmm. like make people angry at him. 
and he can he can purposely go after like I think bring back that indie killer character, right? He can go after the indie darlings. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to, because like yeah, you could maybe you could do it like an angle of like oh well, those rules maybe they flew on the indies, but they don't fly here. Like um, have him be like buddy buddies with the uh, guys that also came up from the uh, performance center. Which guys? I can't think of any right now, but anyone else that like Oh, oh, just anybody from the performance center and not the Indies. Bro, yeah. Gotcha. Anyone who is like full on performance center. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think there's much of, but I'm sure There's probably a few. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head right now, but I don't know, maybe like the revival. I don't think they did too much. I, on they the literally game. just came to my mind too because like they had slight indie cred, but not like to the level of like an AJ Styles say or yeah, not not AJ Styles indie cred. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I'm hopeful for it. I think this will be a little bit better. Like I have I have more hope for this than I have right now with the whole uh, Naya angle. Like this. Oh is Jesus Christ! Really? Okay. Like what the fuck? Click. Is it not clearly obvious that she, like, tried to injure Natty on purpose, and then she's doing, like, this weird, like, oh, no, I'm sorry. And then we're supposed to, like, be surprised next week when they probably do, like, I injured her on purpose. Ha ha. I just don't get how fast they went from, oh, we're bullying Naya, we're bullying Naya to, oh, Naya's the bully. They they have no respect for continuity or their, like, the intelligence of the audience at all. Also, new rule, don't let Ronda Rousey do commentary. Just don't. <laughs> yeah, she's not great. That was bad. That was bad. That was bad. Although, you know what was good? Braun smashing a ladder. Yeah. That well, was I mean, cool. anything, anything Braun does. I mean. Like, God damn it! how many fucking amazing things does this guy have to do <laughs> until they just make him the baby face of this company? Like... How many times does he have to get cheered out of the goddamn buildings? And people lose their minds when he does cool shit. Like, it's so weird. Like, when I'm watching this show, I'm trying to, like... Like, if I can erase all of my my memories of, like, knowing what's going on in wrestling. And if I was just watching this show and I'm some random person, I'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? Everybody loves him. Is he a champion? He's huge. What the fuck? He could kill anybody. How is this guy not the champion? Wait, wait, he's not the champion? This guy's not the champion? Well, then this wait, is wrong. This show is wait. wrong. <laughs> They're pushing this other guy named Roman? Everyone's booing him. Like, like this this is the bad guy, right? He's like the brooding, weird bad guy that nobody likes. Because he's attacking the Indian guy. Oh, no, he's supposed to be the main... He's the main character? What? This is, this is reminding me show? of a... <laughs> It's reminded me of a Rob Williams sketch where it was his last stand-up comedy uh, recording, <laughs> and he talks about how like, what if someone woke up out of a coma and they're like, "Who's president right now?" And he was like, "Barack Obama, a black guy." And they're like, "No way!" <laughs> and then he's like, "He's like, well, who's president before that? Oh, George W. or just George Bush? Wait, he was president again? Like, wasn't he president before? No, this is his son. Like, yeah." <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so weird. I just we've ranted about this a million times. I just don't get it. Someone like could literally 
actually at this point someone could literally have been in a coma since like the beginning of the Roman Reigns push come out of it and be like they're still pushing him <laughs> they're still trying to get this guy over <laughs> my god they didn't turn him heel yet <laughs> that's crazy oh, oh my gosh like speaking of Roman though like what the fuck was this with this like him and Jinder doing promos at the same time and apparently they can hear each other yeah, like, doesn't no that idea. violate every fucking rule of WWE? Like, do, what don't they constantly do those and it, like, exists in a pocket universe and nobody can see or hear what's happening? Yeah, they, they broke the fifth wall in that one, I think. Yeah, like, that's that's one of their weird things where, like, I always thought that it was weird. It's like, how the fuck does nobody ever know what's happening with these? But yeah. then it's just like, oh, well, it's a show. Whatever. They don't know. But then all of a sudden now they do. Well, like, remember the whole setup they had to do for Naya being able to see Alexa talking about her? Yeah. I mean, so that, they was, did, yeah, that was bad. They do that, but then this time, like, no, you don't need that kind of a setup. They just they just hear each other. Yeah, they just fucking hurt each other. Which then, that's that begs me the question, like, alright, if they can just fucking hear each other or whatever, then, like, how the, like, why the fuck did he not know where he was already? Mm-hmm. Like, why did Roman have to be like, oh, now I gotta go find Jinder? Like, Bitch, don't you know where he is? You can hear him. Like, don't. Wouldn't this be like a simple, just like ask on the walkie, like where the fuck he is, or like where's the other camera crew? Like, <laughs> just ask one of the other guys that's standing in the back. Yeah, I don't. That was really weird. That felt like a very, very lot, like just thrown together last second and nobody thought about it. Probably. And just like, this is such a fucking. Like, I don't. Under. Like, the point of this feud, I guess, right, is to try and get Roman over because their thought is that Jinder is the one guy that would get booed against him. Is that like is that the idea here? I think so. It's not. It's not encouraging, right? When we're just like, what the fuck is the point of this match and feud? Because <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I that's what I feel like I can ascertain is their goal. Like that's the only thing that even remotely makes sense. The problem with it is it's not going to work. I mean, the problem is Roman. Just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is really sad because, like, honestly, I do have to say that I would put, like, 80% of the blame for what's happened with Roman on not Roman's shoulders. Like, this was the company's fault. But at the same time, like, it's one of those things where reality is, I guess... You know, if Roman can't turn it around, then maybe they should take a... I'm trying to remember whose voice it was. Maybe it was Stone Cold. Maybe it was somebody else suggesting that, like, look, you're hiring Roman Reigns to be the top babyface. If he can't get that done, then you either need to turn him or fire him. Probably. That sounds like a Stone Cold thing. And, yeah. I mean, he's not getting the job done. He's just not. And Braun Strowman's right fucking there. Like, what the fuck? Ugh. Oh, man. All right. What did you think of, um, to switch switch topic a little bit, what did you think of, like, Zane, Sami Zayn giving his promo from the crowd when he was addressing Bobby Lashley? What did you think of that whole segment? I like that just because it was a little different. Mm-hmm. And, like, it showed a character being somewhat smart. Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty smart. It showed a little bit more of that that side, right? Like it's a good visual cue to show not only like how smart he is, but he's also a little afraid of Lashley, right? 
Mm-hmm. He's playing off the like, oh, well, you give me vertigo and now you've broken my hand. <laughs> Why would I get near you? You're just going to injure me. I, I I just love the Vertigo explanation for why Sammy wasn't at the greatest Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that this has been... Like, I fucking love Sammy Zayn. I think he's been doing... Like, he's trying so hard with this fucking weird shit feud. Yeah, it's like, like, what else... What else can you give him to do at this point? Yeah, I... I don't know. They just need to... They just need to get this shit over with and move on. It's not working. And honestly, I'm not even sure whether they should, like, bother with trying to make baby fa- or Bobby Lashley a babyface right now. I, I think like, just turn him heel. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they need and could use some stronger heels, and, like, people aren't really reacting to him very much as a babyface. So, I'd, I think it would not be a bad idea to turn Bobby Lashley. But then again, like, Bobby Roode needs to turn heel, I think. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a couple guys that could really like Roman Reigns desperately needs it. I feel like whenever Dean Ambrose comes back, like he could really use it. There's so many guys that like they could turn heel right now. <laughs> Just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Just goes to show you how bad they are at uh baby faces. Yeah, like it is really weird, right? Like WWE does not know how to book baby faces. Even And even when they do for, like, a glimmer of a moment, they somehow fuck it up. Like, when they finally, after, like, a year of just taking open shits in her mouth, they finally figured out how to book Bailey for, like, one episode. Like, have her mm-hmm. come out, save Sasha Banks and Ember Moon in the tag team match after Alexa Bliss abandons them, gets the win for the team. Yeah! Oh, wait. It was technically a disqualification. We're it all doesn't matter. Fuck you. Ah. But maybe this will lead into next match, like, all right, or next week, then it's like, all right, well, fine. We'll beat you legitimately this time, bitch. Well, at least, I mean, I'm going to say at least it advanced the Sasha Bailey story a little bit. And like, here's a potential thing I'm going to write, and this is one of the things I'm going to be writing to Alt-Raw this week, is... With Nia potentially injuring Natty, and with Bailey having gotten that unofficial win that she did, Bailey should get an opportunity to get into Money in the Bank and take Natty's place. Mm. Maybe against Ruby Riot, one on one match. Winner gets into the Money in the Bank. Uh, okay. That's that's what I would book coming out of this. Is like, all right, well, Bailey got some sort of win, but it wasn't fully legitimate. But she wants to get some sort of actual win. But now there's also an opening in Money in the Bank. So maybe... Well, I assume there's going to be an opening. I think they're going to keep running with this daddy injury angle. Which would be smart because that could help sell the Nia-Rousey match. But at the same time, they totally fucked up the injury angle by having Nia be like a weird pussy about it. And <laughs> be like, I'm sorry, did I hurt you? I didn't mean to do that. Aww. When like clearly she fucking did. Like, you were in a match with the bitch. You're trying to hurt her. You're trying to win. I don't know. I did not like that. Should we move over to SmackDown? Yeah, that was the better show this week. <laughs> I have some. I have a, a little piece, piece of um, wrestling logic for you, Joe. When it comes to SmackDown. 
Uh huh. So, at WrestleMania, Oscar tapped out to Charlotte, right? Yes. Which means that Charlotte is better than Oscar. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, Charlotte at this episode of SmackDown just tapped out to Becky Lynch. So Becky Lynch is better than Charlotte, right? Yes. So, by the transitive property now. Becky Lynch is better than Asuka. Becky Lynch is also now better than Asuka. (laughs) I mean, they have been, like, Becky's been that, like, not quite fully on the back burner, but, like, Mm -hmm. going pretty well on her own kind of a thing. She's... It's weird. She's she's one of the situations where like she she on a regular basis churns out pretty good matches with against a lot of different people. The crowd is constantly into her, but then they never give her a push. But they also like for the most part never totally job her out either. Like they haven't fucked her in the way that they did Bailey. But yeah, they also never really seem to get behind her for some reason. I'm not sure why. I think it's, I yeah, guess, it's, do you think it's like she, they always just feel like there's a better option around? Maybe. Like she's just always like, the second best? Do they think, like, like Becky and Bailey aren't as, like, advertisable or something like that? I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Maybe a little bit. I think there's also a part of it, too, that, like, WWE is very much in love with people who are, like, have huge egos and are very, very ambitious. And I feel like out of the four horsewomen, like, Sasha and Charlotte are far more ambitious, it seems to me, than Becky and Bailey are. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm going to say this, makes sense. Because in a wrestling and also very just much like a corporate world in general, the sort of people that you're going to be able to control in a corporation a lot more are the people who are fucking slaves for money and status. Because mm. they know the only way they're going to achieve that is by being in the good graces of the upper ups in the company. So people like Sasha and Bailey, or not Sasha and Bailey, Sasha and Charlotte, you know, care about being like a million time world champion and main eventing things and yada yada yada. Whereas Bailey and Becky, I'm sure, just want to make a good paycheck and want to wrestle. Like, yeah, that seems to I be just, more like where they're coming from. I just want to do a good job. Like, I want to do a good job. I want to, you know, make the fans happy. I want to be a wrestler. And I would love to fucking make a couple bucks. You know? Which, like, I hate that WWE seems to, at least the way that they talk, they seem to hate that mentality, right? Like, they always talk about how, for, like, everybody that comes in, it's like, if you don't want to main event WrestleMania, then you shouldn't be here. And it's like, what the fuck kind of stupid shit is that? Like, nobody main events WrestleMania. And, if you main event WrestleMania, it's not because you're the fucking best in the company. It's because the people in the company want you to main event WrestleMania. Like, as evidenced by John Cena in The Miz as the main event of WrestleMania. Like... CM Punk was right, man. He was the far better heel, and he deserved that spot, but they gave it to The Miz. Hmm. Like they, That's true. It's not about who's the best. As it's also evidenced who's. by how many fucking times we've had, what, now twice now, that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar main evented WrestleMania? 
And did you see the that's the rumored main event for SummerSlam? <sighs> Fuck it, a man. Ugh, that's so gross. I hate that. I hate that so much. Although you know what, maybe what'll be redeemed is uh for WrestleMania because I I feel like. Daniel Bryan is going to be challenging for the title at WrestleMania. Or not WrestleMania, SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. For the WWE title. That's what I feel. Whether it's against AJ or Shinsuke or somebody else, that's what I feel like they've got to be building towards. So maybe maybe that match will be a lot better on the SmackDown side. <laughs> then Reigns versus Lesnar. Uh, how many times have they fought now? Like five or six? Too many? Like, just way too many. <laughs> mm-hmm. No matter how many it is. But yeah, what did you think of this uh, contract signing here between uh, Shinsuke and AJ? I loved it. I think Shinsuke can make anything entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude made a pen entertaining. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Him and Jericho should get together with the pen in the list. And just do a bit sometime. Yeah. Like Jericho's trying to put somebody in the list. And like Shinsuke's like rejecting all the pens or something. <laughs> this one doesn't work. This one's out of ink. This one's... This pen doesn't write English. <laughs> <laughs> no speak English. <laughs> no speak English. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, this, this pen is broken. <laughs> and it's like... He's so good. Like, he's so... Man, like, he's, he feels so much and, more in his element now as a heel, right? Yes. Like, he got AJ as fired, fired up as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like it, it helped so much more having the, the conference room kind of setting for this uh, contract signing. Like, it felt a lot better. Like, so that then when Shinsuke was a disrespectful piece of shit, it wasn't just, like... Oh, business as usual in WWE. When does somebody get slammed through a table? Like, it felt like, oh, well, no, he was supposed to be more legit this time around, and he's just fucking, you know, doesn't care. So yeah. I, thought it, I thought it helped sell all that a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, what did you think, like, just about overall in general? I thought it was a nice little touch. Like, it's... Maybe something different for Paige to do. Maybe she thought like, oh, well, I don't want to be just like every other general manager. I think she's been doing great as a general manager. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been doing like the same old stuff. She's been acting like a little bit differently. Like, I think she's been. I think this was like what she was meant to do, right? Yeah. I'm, you know what? Yeah, because like at first as a wrestler, I dug her a little bit more, but then she wasn't. I felt like she wasn't as great for a little bit. But this this feels like a pretty good role for her. I'm not gonna lie. She's growing into it. I can I can see it now because like she's definitely got a personality, right? Like she's got a good distinct personality to give to that GM role. Like in the same way that uh, yeah, like William Regal is sort of like the very honorable by the book kind of GM. And then Teddy mm-hmm. Long is sort of like the playful, I'm going to make a tag team match, holla holla player. You know, tag team GM. match player. Vicky's like the screamy, old, shrill woman GM. And Paige <laughs> is like the exciting new young girl, like, I'm going to put on a great wrestling show GM. But like, not in a dorky way. 
Right, yeah, not in a dorky way, but kind of like a it almost it you know it almost makes me feel like not mm-hmm. not a hundred percent yet, but almost a little bit. It's like it almost feels like SmackDown is like this slightly more like secret cool nightclub show that you're watching, and Paige is the one that runs this place, <laughs> and she's trying to put on just like a killer cool show for everybody to just come in and have fun and watch wrestling just with everyone have a good time. Yeah, just like like. Her having, like, if they were to introduce having, like, a band on a regular basis, having, like, a rock band on SmackDown would not feel out of place right now, I don't think. Yeah. Like, come out, just do, like, one song on every show or something just to open up the crowd, get everybody hot, maybe play whoever's entrance is, like, the first match of the night or something. Actually, you know what? That would be a fucking cool idea. What if on SmackDown, to kind of continue this vibe a little bit, Instead of having, like, everybody's theme be uh, pre-recorded as it is all the time. Like, maybe a lot more on a regular basis you can mix it up and have there be the live SmackDown band over there. And then they play people's entrance themes. Like, actually have live music for people's entrance themes. Hey, Fox might already have that idea. That could be kind of cool. I'd be down for that. That'd be really cool. I mean, if they're willing to drop a billion dollars on this product already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Hmm. So many things you could do. So many possibilities. So hmm. many endless possibilities. Um, oh, go ahead. I was going to say on uh, NXT, we had some more lead up into the Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa match that I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really love... Champ is like vindictiveness at this point, right? Like he's reminding him of this whole story of that, like, look, Johnny, like your wife told you to stay home and you should have listened to her because, you know, now she's injured and mm-hmm. that's all your fault. So wisen up this time around because, you know, now I'm going to hurt you and you're, it's going to be the end. And then Johnny actually got his revenge. Yeah. Johnny got some comeuppance for now. Which, yeah. Because it, I don't know, it feels like to me, is Champa taking this one, you think? I think he does to extend it. I think, um, because I think that puts them even, and then the rubber match could be at the takeover for SummerSlam. At uh, is it Brooklyn again? I think it's Brooklyn this year, but I think there's a rumor that they're going to move away from Brooklyn. Mm. I could see that. Maybe they just want to switch up the scenery, but yeah, that's always a good idea. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, they could definitely do a rubber match on that one. Mm-hmm. This is such an insane feud back and forth. Yeah. Um, like, cause that's a, like, it's actually weird, because I'm looking more forward to that match, and then also Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream, that I am the NXT title match with Lars. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I love Aleister Black, and I'm excited to see him, but, like, you know, the feud with him and Lars has kind of come out of nowhere. It's not a very big built-up feud. It's there, but it's not, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not the feud, where I feel like Champa and Gargano is that. and uh, Ricochet and Velveteen has really been impressing me lately. This new feud is very much like, it feels to me kind of like an iron sharpens iron. Like, it's two guys that are very similar and management's going to be like, all right, let's you know, prove to each other, prove to us who's better between you two. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just love Velveteen with uh, 
Ricochet brings up that he didn't even win tough enough. And Velveteen mm-hmm. goes, Velveteen was never on a reality show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> he doesn't count as, uh, what was his name then? Uh, Patrick Clark, I think. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't even acknowledge that his name's Patrick Clark. <laughs> yeah, Patrick was... Clark does not exist. <laughs> I think he said something like, I have no recollection of that or something. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was fucking brilliant. I love it. it it's really weird too, because like these guys have just started feuding, but they already feel like this this feud already feels intense. Like there's a lot of uh, vitriol already mm-hmm. between these two. So I'm I'm really fucking digging it. Let's see. I got I got one last thing I want to pitch to you, Joe. Yeah. Before we close out this show. Speaking of different possibilities and things like that, I have got for you what I think might be one of the best pitches we've ever put together on this show for who i think should be winning mr money in the bank this year hands down because there's there's a decent option i think that the miz winning it could be a pretty good option Mm -hmm. you could have like a big storyline of him cashing it in right before maybe daniel bryan's about to win the title again set up a big storyline of then daniel bryan chasing miz down and getting the title back that could be great. But I have something for you, Joe, even better than that. I find that hard to believe. Oh, believe it. I believe the best Money in the Bank champion, or the best best man to give Money in the Bank to this year, will be Kofi Kingston. Really? You give it to Kofi Kingston, along with the help of the New Day, and you have... An amazing feel-good story, Joe, because Kofi Kingston was on the edge of greatness about 10 years ago until a Mr. Randy Orton fucking just sniped his push out from underneath his feet. I don't think it was Orton, but he was feuding with Orton at the time. It was Orton that ruined it all (laughs) when Mr. Kofi Kingston was about to reach the top. And then now alongside his friends, the New Day, he could become King Kofi over SmackDown. With his court wizard and herald, Xavier Woods, and his first knight and protector, Big E, protecting the court of Kofi. And they, the New Day are the WWE champions, the first like communal three-man champions. And then Kofi could be defending the belt. You could have Randy Orton come back out of the, out of the woodwork. Like, <laughs> I should have finished you off ten years ago. So you could have never made it to this level because you're not a main eventer. You're a mid-carder, Mr. Kofi. And then Kofi beats Randy Orton, finally proving once and for all how great he really is. And Kofi Kingston, you see, this is the great thing. People, he's fucking over as it is, and people love him. And he could cheat a little bit as a babyface if you even needed him to, if you didn't want him to win matches legitimately. Because he could have E, he could have Xavier Woods help him. And then he could have all sorts of other great fucking feuds as a babyface or... If it fucking fails and you want to turn him heel, guess what? You've also got an amazing fucking story built in with that. And it goes the exact same fucking way. He gets money in the bank, becomes champion, and then guess what? He could turn on E and turn on Woods and tell him, it's like, hey, you know what, you fucking chumps? I used you. Because, yeah, you know what? I tried to become champion on my own. And guess what? It didn't work. Management held me back. Guys like Randy Orton screwed me over. But then I eventually found you two dum-dums. And I rode your tails all the way up here. And guess who's the champion now? And then you could have a feud with Big E. 
and Big E could become the WWE champion after a feud with Kofi. His brother betrayed him. Oh, oh, Joe. This could be the ascension of Big E to true main eventer. Because if he had a feud with Kofi, man, that would be so heartfelt. Like, there could be nobody who could stab him in the back so good. And then he could beat him back and become the amazing champion he was born to be. <laughs> Can you see it, Joe? Can you see it? Mess WrestleMania. Kofi Kingston versus Big E for the WWE Championship. With Xavier no. Woods caught in the middle. No. No? No. Well, fuck you. That would be way better. <laughs> <laughs>